0: Hey, hit that subscribe button now, you're gonna like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. If you have enjoyed the national finals for the last century or so, you'd enjoy my next guest. Jeff Metters has been the voice and I've had a pleasure of working with him. Jeff, thanks for joining us. So Jeff, 91, you became the host of the Wrangler National Finals. Um, That's been quite a few years of hosting this huge event. It it has been, and I, I mean, I fooled them for a long time, so who knew they'd
1: <laughs> be able to still be doing it in 2023. But um, well, I guess I haven't gotten there yet, 2022. It's weird because they, they, they just kind of, you know, ESPN in the early days of 90, they, they had a map. It just kind of went sideways. You know, in those days, it was like Australian rules football. It's nothing like it is today. And Jim Sharp's taking his rap. He's about to win a world championship. They hit the top of the hour, and boom, they went on to, you know, whatever else, you know. And so... Um, At that point in time, Wintercom was a company in Tulsa who was doing some horse racing and some AQHA stuff. And so the PRCA came to them and said, hey, can you do it? And, you know, originally I was supposed to be like I hosted with Butch during the regular season. We did 10 10 rodeos a year on that Wrangler World of Rodeo. And at the NFR, I was supposed to be the sideline guy. Oh, really? Yeah, I was. A guy named Chris Lincoln, who was kind of the premier talent at Wintercom, was going to come in and host with Butch. And Butch and I had gelled so well by the time we got done with season one in '91, they're like, "No, nah, we don't want to. We don't want to break you guys up." So that was uh, originally I wasn't even supposed to be doing the NFR. I was supposed to be well, just like the sideline reporter. So
0: and you and so you hosted those rodeos. That was that your first time hosting rodeo that year, then?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I mean, I it was kind of a weird deal because Wintercom was a cool company. Um, they started just syndicating horse horse racing stuff. Like American like the the you know, like the the rainbow in the all American future. You know, and at one point in time, man Luke, true story, they were so bad in debt. They had frozen horse semen in their in their refrigerators as collateral. Uh, and they grew to be the largest program packager for ESPN. They did major league soccer, uh, thoroughbred racing, they did all, all the ESPN classic stuff. They became huge. Um, but they just right like there in Tulsa. And I was a sports cast at the NBC station, and they knew I was grew up on a ranch and, you know, and was a cowboy and stuff. So I started doing AQHA stuff, America's Horse, and I like I'd love to do rodeo because I mean I went to the NFR when I was a kid in Oklahoma City every year. So I watched those old Heston shows, you know, and and you know, Flemix <laughs> Bad and those guys. And oh yeah, it was a, it was a thrill to to host it.
0: And then that would that say transitioned you into building Geronimo. Your your production company, which I, I don't know that a lot of people don't realize that, but you host NFR, but your production company produces produced it as well.
1: Yeah, we for almost like seven or eight years we we produced.
0: Yeah, I, I worked for
1: Wintercom and I saw what they did, you know. And and um, sometimes I don't work and play well with others, so it gets to the point where I only like only like to work for my wife. I'm I'm okay with, <laughs> and even then we butt heads now and then, but. Um, I saw what they did, and I was like, you know, I, can, I think I can start a production company, and I only want, I don't want to be the largest program, program package for ESPN. I just wanted three, four, five clients, and obviously my biggest goal was to get off the plane and in, in Las Vegas and have a company doing the NFR, so I loved that. I loved that side of it.
0: Well, was it a private plane? Did you get off a private plane when you got off the plane? You know
1: what I got off? I got out of a private Sprinter, actually, because I would, I would drive gear from Tulsa <laughs> to LA every year, so... And Fantastic, it was therapeutic. Like through New Mexico and parts of Arizona, my phone did can, got no service whatsoever. Nobody right. could call me and nobody could bother me. And, and Diana would be so mad at me, why are you driving out there every year? I was like, because it's like therapy. But yeah, I got my own private Sprinter in Las Vegas, so.
0: And then on the way home, you didn't have to hear from anybody either. No, I, oh no, I flew home. No, I <laughs> let's not get crazy. Well, now from, from Wintercom to Geronimo, obviously still hosting now, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, CEO of the Cowboy Channel.
1: Yeah, so it's a, a whole different era now. You know, it's kind of crazy. And in all that through, you know, the, the 30 years of hosting, I never thought we'd have our own Cowboy-type ESPN, you know. And, and so Patrick's dream was even more than I could fathom. So, you know, what a great deal to have a, a network that's just a dedicated to uh, Cowboys and and Western lifestyle and everything like that. So it's been fun to be a part of that.
0: Well, yeah, and to have the fans have an opportunity at such a great network of Western sports, which 10, 15 years ago, you'd see rodeo every so often. But now you could see it every day, every night. I mean, it's all dedicated to Western sports. And and obviously now they started the Cowgirls channel. So another opportunity for for more and, and I guess I wouldn't even know what you'd put on there because you have the cowboy channel with all that content but just more opportunity for and hopefully not just fans of rodeo but fans outside of the rodeo yeah it's crazy you know the, the last two years on
1: CBS sports network I think in in uh in 18 we did eight rodeos and in 19 we did seven so they're like 15 total rodeos on television you know, and for two years there. And then in 2020, uh, I think 100 and, 150 million people watched rodeo on the Cowboy Channel. So, I mean, you can look at that from, I mean, you've been on the other side there where you're, you know, where, where you're talking to sponsors and trying to find different ways to, to make a living and what are doing. And I mean, I, don't, I think the opportunities for a rodeo cowboy have never been better in terms of sponsorship, uh, you know, just to be able to say, hey, I'm getting all this exposure for you. and I'm on all the time so uh, you know it's created opportunity I think for the rodeo cowboy and obviously great fun for the rodeo fans
0: well it's funny you mentioned opportunity for rodeo cowboy because I've heard you guys saying hey let's go talk to somebody let's do an interview and it's got to the point where like well how much are you gonna pay me for this interview so I mean for them to be thinking that way I could kind of see the benefits of getting paid to do the interview but they got to also realize if they're on your channel They're going to be able to have more firepower to go to sponsors and say, hey, here's what I've done. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my exposure. So I need you guys to up the ante a little bit on my sponsorship.
1: Yeah, and we've had that. Hey, how much are you going to pay me to come do it? You know, and my response is pretty simple. You know, I mean, it's I'm getting you exposure you've never had before, you know, and you're getting paid when you and whatever you probably whatever deal you made for those patches on your shirt. Now you're grossly underpaid for it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm paying you in a way, but the other side of it is, is I'll go build somebody else's brand. There's a lot, there's another younger generation coming up, you know, and, and if it's, if it's too much of a burden for you to do an interview and build your brand, I'll find, we can find somebody else. Cause you know, it's not like there's only one LeBron. There's, there's all kinds of, of athletes out there. I I think they've, I think they've grasped that now and, and they're grateful for the opportunity and. They realize there's money to be made there not necessarily from the cowboy channel but definitely from the sponsors and that patch
0: program well another thing too i think that has helped is getting these cowboys and cowgirls comfortable in front of the camera learning how to speak and talk and and for me it's how you represent the western way of life and and i wasn't great at it until you know i got picked up by the us army and we had to do media training and that was early 2000s but it's giving these contestants an opportunity to learn how to speak and, and talk to people which only helps them talk to sponsors and try to sell their self even better yeah I, I
1: mean for forever
0: you probably did you know maybe a radio guy
1: and you know in hermiston oregon or or a little bit something here and there but now it's like non-stop you know and i mean we went through the we've seen some funny stuff I, i've seen some interesting interviews from <laughs> i mean yeah it's, it's like yeah i don't think very many of them were were, were Theater majors in in college, but that's good. Um, you know, you went through the whole phase there where the rights thanked every sponsor before they, right. they answered the question. I'm not sure that's the best media training, but uh, but but it's like everybody now has kind of raised their game and and the opportunities there. And you know, there's obviously there's bigger personalities than others, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's the rodeo cowboy group is pretty funny, and I'm not sure you can throw out enough media training in there to <laughs> keep them from going down the rabbit hole but yeah it's uh they're authentic and you gotta love that
0: well it's giving him an opportunity that's for sure i mean with social media now and i mean hell you could pick your phone up well, you know as well as anybody when when you first started you probably had a camera that was this big on shoulder you know now you could do a, a interview on a cell phone and again just more exposure more opportunity for these contestants to learn how to speak and you could edit it now. It's easier with your cell phone than, than a big camera, I'd imagine.
1: I, and I, I wish I was better at social media.
0: You know, I, mean, I think there's a lot of money
1: to be made there too, you know, but uh, you, uh, I think Lindsay probably, uh, I'm sure those are her
0: ideas and not yours because I don't think you're that creative. <laughs> I'm definitely not. In fact, she signed me up on my Instagram reels and I made $152 this month from Instagram. <laughs> that is awesome. You are on your way, but I love people like that that are, are really media
1: savvy and and get things rolling and yeah and you guys do you guys do great stuff she does great
0: stuff so she yeah you say you guys i know we all we all know what you mean she does amazing stuff and it goes well you said it anywhere from chickens to donkeys to the kids i mean you you have to it's almost a special talent
1: it is and i don't have it so it's it's i i kind of marvel at that whole you know that that whole next gen that's coming and i'm unfortunately i'm in that old dogs new tricks category maybe i don't <laughs> uh, i enjoy watching like your stuff and everybody's stuff on social media i just I'm, i don't go to the effort of putting anything out there myself
0: well it's tough and, and i've told Lindsay, i said you know for this show i really need to help boost my own personal social so when i post the show stuff it helps build that brand as well and I told her, I said, hey, um, I need to get some good stuff put up because we got an episode of Haley Kinzel coming out and I really need, she's like, well, okay. I'm like, well, when I say I, I really mean you <laughs> need to post some really good stuff. So I'm trending at that time. So when I post the Haley stuff, it explodes on the show side. Um, but yeah, knowing, and I had no idea, but how you caption things, how you hashtag things, how you, when you post things, I mean, all this stuff is so important that this young, younger generation is really savvy on. Me.
1: If you'll take 50 of that 152 that you made and give it to Lindsay, that will help
0: you. I think I'd have to give her the whole 150 plus another 350, and that's, what are we at, about 600 or 500? Yeah, it's about a $500 a day deal like for her. How me. many followers does she have now? Like I many- still have more followers than her. I think she's, she's really? some thousand, yeah. Wow. But if you look at the, she's gaining on me very fast. But she's a lot better looking than me too, so that, you know, obviously graduated i just i'm reading all your stuff that you know i know a lot about you but 2000 or 1995 graduated from oklahoma university no Oklahoma. i don't want to be
1: associated in any way with the sooners no not a chance
0: oh that's right you're a cow cowboys right the Mm -hmm. i had um i don't know i'm sure you're a baseball fan robin ventura yeah oh yeah so his dad john was my little league baseball coach and Yes, and John, John's—I mean, he's on. Which I, I don't know if you go to Santa Maria. I know you guys covered cover it. Um, he's on the—he's an Elks, and he helps do a lot of stuff around there. But John is an amazing man, and and I started following Robin's career through college, and then obviously when he's with the White Sox forever, that's when I first learned about Oklahoma baseball and and a lot about the you know the rivalries between the the two schools.
1: Yeah, and he was there. Like I graduated in '85, and then Robin. Went on a tear, you know. Shortly after that, because I was a sportscaster in Channel Two, and he was setting NCAA records. And Robin Venture and Pete Incavilla and those guys were really good. They they won everything but a national championship, unfortunately. But yeah, a great player, and obviously will forever be known along with Nolan Ryan, unfortunately. For him. But <laughs> I know he hates that. You he, he have an amazing baseball career, but I think all anybody wants to ask him about is fighting Nolan Ryan. You know, and who wants to? It's like running into a freight train. But I think it was backed into corner, so yeah. But yeah, OSU, I'm, I'm I'm really passionate of the same thing. Um, You know, and I, I was I tolerated Oklahoma and Texas. You know, until they kind of conspired to collapse the Big Twelve, and now I, I celebrate their misery whenever things go bad. And I've been telling all my Sooner fans, you know, congratulations. You're gonna you're gonna have your first next your first year in the SEC. You're gonna have six homecomings. One at home, and then you're going to be five other teams coming because they're going to kick the crap out of you, and then you
0: know it's going to be an easy win. Talking about success with Robin and and not winning that national championship, and but I mean the career he had with the White Sox, like you said, was was freaking amazing. And I watched the Nolan Ryan documentary on the airplane somewhere, and apparently he just happened to be the guy that was at bat when all this happened. I mean, it, it could have been the guy before him a guy it just happened to be him man that that was a tough one right there for him He just
1: you know it's like
0: cowboys in a
1: bar fight you don't have any choice <laughs> yeah he just had to charge the mound and that's <laughs> you know poor robin but yeah they, they've got all kinds of pictures of the of the deed but yeah it's i don't think he landed so, a punch either no i don't think so either no. i think nolan's one of those guys i used to tell my son when i was growing up if you ever hit me and I find out about it, I'll kill you. <laughs> no one was the same kind of
0: way. If you ever hit me and I find out about it. <laughs> good times, good times growing up watching that. Uh, 2016 Texas Rodeo Cowboy Hall of Fame. Obviously what you've done for the sport and for the industry, I mean, what what kind of honor, how did that, had to mean so much?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed uh, uh, being a part of that. And I still help those guys with their banquet, it's a great group. Uh, it's a fun group because it's a lot of you know obviously it's like the you know kind of the obvious big names but a lot of the other guys that you know just were were good rodeo cowboys that maybe didn't rodeo as hard as anybody else or you know great secretaries people behind right them, always always have fun uh talking to them and going to the imc their banquet every year for them and and thoroughly enjoy that just just a great group and i know tough edeman was mad because i mean he's I, I he's I'm an Okie and he loves to beat up on Okies. You know he's <clears throat> he says Okies his thought on Okies they'll you know they'll they'll steal your shit and then help you look for it. <laughs> I mean. So
0: I've heard him say that. That's right.
1: So when they put me in, I was like, just put me next to Tough. I just want to yeah, want to be next to Tough. And, I, and uh, I think Tough wanted me to be put in the men's
0: room. Oh Tough, yeah. And you and Tough have some history. I mean, you guys been around kind of right when he was starting to excel in his career and and obviously you and yours, and I mean, you guys have some pretty good history, don't you?
1: Yeah, we do. He, hes uh, I've known him a long time and I, I love to tell a story. I i was in my first TV job was in Midland, Odessa, you know, and it was it was January of 1986. And uh, the, the guy that I worked for said, hey, go to the rodeo. Uh, the next big thing in bull riding is going to be there. So I went out there and interviewed Tuff. And during the during the 90s, you know, we got to be really good friends so the, the he would, you know, he, he, you know how rodeo cowboys are. Right? You got a hotel room? I'd be like, absolutely. So he'd be like, okay. <laughs> so, the, what that meant was he would give me all of his crap and then I would get done with the rodeo and I'd go to bed. About the time I was getting up to leave, you know, he's to coming go in. Play to plane. That's when tough was coming in. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I had a chance to watch him and do everything that he's done and, you know, from PRCA World Championships to his event, the PBR, and, and you know, helping him. Get that to what it is today, and he, I, I you know, look, I said all the time, I, I can make a case that he is still the best known cowboy in the world. But all of my kids, when they were growing up, I could always tell when they were watching Eight Seconds. They'd call him, "Hey, what was looking Frost like?" I'd be like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I never met Lane. You know, I mean, when I when I came in, he, he'd already lost his life. But and then, you know, and then I'd be like, and Tuffy, he's a lot grumpier than he is. And Yeah, and I don't think Cody Lambert knows any poems. There's a Ty Murray joke about that, but I won't go into that, but yeah.
0: Funny enough, so we spent a lot of time at Lambert's uh, when I was still rodeoing. And and again, I was a kid watching Lane Frost, or watching 8 Seconds, and, and I thought, man, that's cool, You know, talking to Cody about the movie. And it's like, so where's your book of poems? And he just gave me that look like you're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like i never wrote a poem one while we were traveling together so obviously cinematic right there um and why i don't understand that do you
1: why hollywood comes in and and you know they, they don't really grasp you know and, I, and you look at taylor sheridan and taylor gives just enough authenticity that we like it and hollywood it, it appeals to everybody else you know with, with Yellowstone and some things down that line and you know you don't have to do housewives of decatur Town. There's enough drama and character and, you know, personality in the Western world. And the authenticity is what makes it so great. No other country has the rodeo, you know, the cowboy, you know. So why would you want to, you know, and, and obviously there's cowboy poets, but
0: Cody Lambert's not one of them. Definitely not one of them. And, and you know, he said they got to go on set and, and kind of help say no, this isn't right, this is not how it went down, this is not authentic, this isn't, and he said the the producers there were just play, you know, turn their hearing aids down or off, or whatever, when they were talking. Uh, but back to Taylor, you're, you're exactly right, watching, and I've watched, I haven't watched all of Yellowstone. I did watch all of 1883. I'm in 19, whatever 19, I can't remember what it is. But anyway, the one with Harrison Ford and, and Helen, that to me is, all of them are, are amazing, but like you said, it, it's authentic. You, you could say, okay, I could see this, you know, being a cowboy, being a farmer, being a rancher, I could see this all happening, where some of that other stuff, you know, this is all a bunch of bullshit, not yeah. true, doesn't happen. Um, so Taylor is doing a great job on, on that front for, for, for the Western industry. Yeah,
1: I, oh my gosh. I mean, you we've seen some tidal waves. I've been around for a few of them, from Urban Cowboy to Eight Seconds, but you know, what he's doing with Yellowstone and 1883. And is it 1923 or 1924? I I, I thought 1883 was wonderful. My wife's like, that's better than Lonesome Dove. And I was like, let's not get carried away. But I'm with you. I'm really one with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. And um, that's that's been fun. And I was talking to Taylor. And at one time, he was shooting on like four different continents. His budgets are bigger than what I get at the Cowboy Channel, I can tell you.
0: (laughs) Well, bigger than the Luke Branquino show budget, too, because if not, we'd be in our studio. Uh, I can't shoot in four different counties. <laughs> not to – this is going to – I think you're going to feel very disappointed in me by me saying this. I have never watched Lonesome Dove. Oh, my gosh. Really? No, never. The greatest Western of all times, Jeff, and I know you'll disagree, to me, to me personally, is Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I like the
1: memes that come out now. Blazing Saddles was made today. It's like the opening title and then the end.
0: <laughs> the end. Yeah. I seen a deal that said CBS is airing Blazing Saddles, the edited version, starts at 8, eight o'clock and ends at
1: 8.02. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Blazing Saddles <laughs> is classic. I, I would read the book. It's funny What with like Lonesome Dove. Um, and all the great lines that you see in the miniseries all came from Larry McMurtry in the book. Uh, when I watched, I watched Lonesome Dove first. And I liked Gus the best. And then when I read the book, I liked Woodrow the best. But yeah, that's it's a, It's not something you just do in the evening. You know, no. I mean, it goes on for a while. But I, yeah, Lonesome Dove is, it's still, yeah, it's still the pinnacle for me. Um, I like Tombstone.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I like Blazing Saddles. But um, <laughs> yeah, I watched Dead for a Dollar. It's only like Showtime. Horrible. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, I, I would have let you kill me for a dollar to just not make me watch that movie. So <laughs> it's got felt like Willem Dafoe. It's got a good cast in it, but, I mean, it was terrible. So, you know, I think a lot of people are trying to ride that Taylor wave. Right. They're they're just getting projects greenlit,
0: and, ooh, yeah, they're, they're good. So in a way, that could help hinder the Western way of life if they keep doing that. I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully it keeps rolling. Um, but speaking of rolling, your Bullseye series i can remember this has been a few years ago you started this project um and had some great stuff how's it going now it's good i need to come see you i need to come out and hang out with you
1: and and spend a day or two with you at the ranch and shoot one with you when are you available may 7th okay just right after the ride right there that's during Uh, it isn't it oh yeah maybe you know, I got bull. The inspiration for Bullseye kind of came from David Faraday on the Golf Channel. You know, I, I, Faraday is so funny and so good, and and you know, you watched him because he played played in a Ryder Cup or two. You know, he's a European player, and never really you know reached the pinnacle, but you know, and then became a commentator with NBC, and you know, he knows all those guys. That's personal. You know, and the, and the goal there is just to to show up and and just have a nice personal conversation. You know, with with the people involved in or you know the bigger names of rodeo. I, we're we're getting ready to do finish up season two, you know. But uh, I did I did Rump, so you know Justin Rumford's so much fun, yeah. and Wade Sundell, and then Cody Ole, uh, Cody Ole Part Two is getting ready to air, you know. And and Dusty Tuckness, who's you know one of the toughest guys on the planet. But yeah, in season one we did Tough Edeman, we did Trevor Brazil. Um, I, I I've got to get over to Oaklawn, because I'm doing one with Dwayne Lucas. I don't think a lot of people realize you know, the the caliber of cowboy that D-Wayne is. And I did thoroughbred racing for about seven years on ESPN. And I always marveled at, at Wayne, you know, because you go show up there before dawn, you know, to watch those horses work on the track. And he was a towering figure on horseback, cowboy hat, you know, and he was really mean to the media. You know, everybody was scared of him and i did quarter horse racing and i did america's horse and i was so tied to aqha and like the first time i saw him when i was doing thoroughbred racing he's that like, quarter horse guy you know and he like put his arm around me and he treated me like treated me like gold you know and and it's just because of the the cowboy hat and the cowboy cult I came from you know and and uh, he's one of my all-time favorite people that i've met and
0: uh, he's just uh he's just an icon well it- <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, there in the valley, obviously, he used to have the, the ranch there. We used to drive by it all the time, going up to Janeway when we used to run cattle on there. And I could remember his stories of, of how amazing of a trainer, man, I mean, everything he was. Um, and for you to be able to know him personally and experience that is, is pretty, pretty cool.
1: He's very, you can drive through, right now, you can drive through Oaklawn or when he moves to, to Churchill, you can drive through, and you don't, you don't even have to see his, his logo out there. You know that that's Lucas's barn because the, it's it's like Augusta; it's manicured. Everything is exactly where it's supposed to be. He's such a perfectionist. Um, a couple of years, I had to do the the barn like we on ESPN. We did we did like all the undercard leading up to when like your NBC would do the show. So we would do like six or seven races that afternoon. I got stuck doing the barn. Let me tell you something. There's nothing going on in the barn area about mid-afternoon on dirt. Everybody's freaking. They're in there. They're, they're on the other side. I'm trying to manufacture stories. You know, I'm, I'm searching for anybody to talk to. Then I'm walking by, and Wayne Lucas is sitting in his shed room. And the, the producer that's with me goes, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't. Mm-mm. I was like, no, nope, he'll he'll talk to me. And he's like, hey, Jeff, and it's the greatest interview that I've ever done that never made air.
0: Never made he- air
1: never made it well we got half of it did and the microwave went down we were using the microwave thing where you shot the microwave back because he was we had talked about it just for the interview and he was about to say you know of all the horses i've ever had in the derby maybe the one i've underestimated the most was charismatic Who wasn't even you know wasn't even the top five picks in the derby and charismatic went on to, to win the derby that day oh geez oh so, yeah it's the greatest interview i did that didn't make care so <laughs> You could streak <laughs> through the, bar, the, back, the barn area of Churchill about mid-afternoon under, and nobody would see you.
0: Well, I'm hoping they, I get to do something like that. Trying to go out there. thats Welcome to the chaos. Well, I'm trying. I, so I promised my wife last year. I had it all set up, had it all planned. We were going to the Derby. And then, obviously, um, the Rancheros Vista Dories ride, which you were a member of. Are, are you a member yet? Or are you still? I will be going no age jokes i'm going senior active so yeah i get a get horseshoe this this year so oh well congratulations that's awesome i get my first round badge or i guess i get my not maverick round badge but uh you can see that maverick 2020 class best class of ever of the ranchero vestidori ride um i think it's they actually wrote that in the history books i can't wait for you to bring me a drink when we're on the ride <laughs> Well, Jeff, I honestly appreciate you coming on. Um, the fans, I think, are going to love the insight and everything that you've experienced and that we've got to share with them. Uh, and, and again, I can't say enough how how much I've learned from you, how it's been an honor to work with you um, and hopefully um, keep continuing to be able to work together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm your biggest fan, so you bring so much to a show. Yeah, it's so much to put, you know, it's just... Um, I I, I keep kinda of maybe sometimes taking a world champion away from you. <laughs> I uh, didn't want to
0: bring that up, but since you did.
1: That's my favorite Luke story though, was uh I I I think I gave you a four time, you're like texting me on a five time and then you retired and I had to unretire you. Oh yeah. You told me it's you're like, What are you doing to me? You know, and I said, I'm getting ready to on the air again. I'm gonna do your obituary, I'm gonna tell people you died. <laughs> because I've retired you, I've unretired you and now it's we have sad news. Rodeo was lost Luke Branquino today. Right.
0: Yeah. That that was. Uh, I totally forgot about the unretiring, and retiring unretiring. But anyway, we'll work on the obituary. Hopefully, a lot further down the line. But uh, appreciate you coming on, Jeff. And uh, again, looking forward to working with you again.
1: Yeah, me too. Call
0: anytime. We'll do. Thanks. I forgot about the Vegas flake too. I wasn't bringing that up. <laughs> I was not bringing that
1: up.